Hello there, and a very warm welcome to Des's Island Discs. In a hectic world, this is a little oasis of calm and nostalgia from our guests who choose pieces of music that remind them of a particular time or story from their life or career. Now, if you're listening on podcast, we cannot play the music because of copyright laws. But really, this is about stories. So let's hear them. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Today we're going to hear the stories behind the musical memories of legendary GA commentator Michal Omrehertik. Falsha Evihil, have you ever counted how many All-Ireland finals you've attended? In football, I think it's either 77 or 78. <laughs> I saw the final of 1948, Mayo against the All-Ireland champions of the Polo Grounds, New York. Now, that's the first, and I saw Dublin win the five in a row. That's the last I'll have the football final I saw. So, um, and counting replays, I think it's either 77 or 78, and roughly the same number of hurling finals. So maybe a little over 150 All-Ireland senior finals I have seen. That's, that's, that's some record. Never mind, everyone asked what was the best one. What was the worst one? <laughs> the worst one. Well, I think that famous game between Dublin and Galway, people mm-hmm. built up a theory that was the worst ever, but it wasn't that bad, you know. 1983. 1983, yes. Mm. Players being sent off and disputes and the referee, you know, yeah. making a good run for the, for the dugout as soon as the game was over. Or I think he... He didn't blow the whistle until he was near the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not a bad decision. A, a, a wise, a wise Tyrone. Yeah. So many great moments, and and you've chosen one of those as a musical memory. But standout performances from those years in football and hurling. Well, football and hurling, I suppose, in a way, they all have their own excitement. But I still say that the 1982 All Ireland football final between Offaly, the winners, and Kerry. In a way, that was the best final I've seen. The football was good. Both teams went out to play football, which they did from start to finish. Only one team can win. And awfully finished ahead by maybe one point. That was a great game, especially for neutrals. And a lot of neutrals come to finals. Mm. They get tickets, county boards and things. But it would be great for those who went there not hoping that one side or the other would win. There'd be a lot of people there that uh, what they went to see was a good match. They got it in 82. That's that's magnanimous of you because you were closely linked to the Kerry team, obviously, that lost. And Yes, but the result tells the story. And, uh, of course, 55 at Dublin. I'd say that was the... That game got more hype, as they call it nowadays, than any game I remember, even in modern times. It was all for weeks before at Kerry and Dublin and what will happen. And that was another great day. They both played football and Kerry won that one. And that was the start of the great run of Mick O'Dwyer's team. In your childhood days back in West Kerry, were Kerry strong in those days? Had you any local heroes, you know, living near you in West Kerry? West Kerry never had a good team until the 30s came. And they had a good team. They played their first final, and it was played in 1938. And it was uh, in the dog track in Trelit was played between the Mitchells. Kerry or Dingle lost it, but they won the following year, and they won six and all between that and 1948. You had lots of great players. 
Paddy Bond Brosnan, Bill Dillon, Sean Brosnan, Tom Giga O'Connor, several more, Dan Kavanagh from Dunquin behind. Um, you know, a lot of very good players there. Mm. Pat Garvey came later. A very good team, and they were good for a long number of years, and uh, they're pretty strong ever since. Yeah. Now, your first musical choice, Michal? It would be The Boys of Bordenestraud, even though it has nothing to do with Croke Park. I think it gives a fantastic uh, picture of the vagaries of life. Bordenestraud uh, always produced a few good players from there, to be Cahar Saibin, and Sigerson Clifford, the Cork Mantras. He wrote the song, The Boys of Bordenestraud, and he began with them as a young people out hunting the rain the, on the mountain, and then growing to be a man. And then the British coming and the black and tans, and they beat them. And then the sad thing, then they all finished up emigrating. All that brought in the life. And then the, I think the last verse might be that they wanted to be buried in that green field between the hill and sea. You know, that your own place, but a lot of things will happen during your life that you won't have anticipated or anything. That's why I went for the boys aboard in Australia. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Now, your next musical choice is actually from Croke Park. Croke Park, what a place to be. Hurdling, you know, even though I come from Kerry, I think that hurdling is the better of the two games. It's, in fact, one of the best games, counting world games that I know. And it was when Galway won the All-Ireland hurdling final of 1980. They had been a long time trying to win, efforts to break through. It didn't come until then. They hadn't won since 1923. And what a day it was when the McCarthy Cup was being presented at the end of the game. And no sooner was the Cup speech over than Joe McDonough, great player, he broke into the song. It could only be one song, The West Away. And it wakened half the world. <laughs> Oh, that, that was the quote of all quotes. And you know that Joe, the Connollys, they live on the outskirts of Ballybrit, where that man said, people of Galway, we love you. Well, whether he brought the little bit of luck or what to Galway, well, it's been a great year for them and a great year for hurling. 
Well, if somebody said to me, who is your man of the game, I'd have no doubt in naming that man here. And that is Michael Keneally. And now there is the striking up of the West Awake. When Galway lies in slumber deep, but away like family spake, Galway's awake, Galway's awake. Said, oh, McCarthy from his grave, I am with you now. September. Well done, Joe McDonough. What a game. What an aftermatch. And what an honour and a privilege it is to see it all. That's the West Awake by Joe McDonough, sung in Croke Park when Galway won the All-Ireland Final in 1980. And it followed an Oroid, the great speech by Joe Connolly, Michael. I would say... The best post-match speech that I heard, it came from Joe Connolly that day. There were three Connollys on the field. John Connolly, who was there for a long time, who played football for Galway, who was Connacht Boxing Championship and a great hurdler over a long number of years coming towards the end of his career. He was there. And Michael, what they say about him or some people said about him, Always a star, but never an all-star. Three Connollys, but Joe, the youngest of the three, he made a fantastic speech. He mentioned everything that deserved mention. Exiles, people at home, the players, everything about it. It was a wonderful speech, and to this day, I haven't seen, I haven't had a better one, and I've had a, a lot of good ones. It was a great day that day, and there have been many great days in Crow Park. Your next musical choice is from your school days, am I correct, from Pucker Willa and Sean O'Shea? Well, I grew up uh, east of Dingle. At a certain stage, you know, I was in a competition, a competition or an, an exam to get to a, a, tra- a teacher's preparatory college for boys down in Balavodan in Kunta Khorkui. So I went there and spent a few very, very pleasant years there. We were near the Gaeltuk of Kule, very strong Gaeltuk, and Balavurn itself there. And uh, it was all Irish traditions uh, about us. And the, the poets in Kule, they used to often come in to try out their latest poem on us to see did we like it, did we dislike it, did we really love it. And one of those, when Don Alomalawin, he was the man that wrote that song in Pokerbilla, his song was accepted by everyone. It took a few years before it was put on record, and I think the best record of all of them, Pucker Willa, is by Sean O'Shea, the Cartman. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. I can't believe me, Hull. I don't know why. I thought that was 100 years old or more. Uh, well, it might be in the minds of people <laughs> in Kool-Aid, but Donald O'Malloyne was the, was the writer. Written. A lot of these songs from the Gaelic didn't go, you know, weren't recorded in the early years like other ones were, but it's strong nowadays. But uh, the pocket boiler will live forever. Paddy O'Shea, I heard singing it a few times. He did indeed, and he wouldn't be alone. And people abroad sing it. And I had a good story one time from a neighbour of mine 
he was talking about his neighbour who was in some place on the continent, in Vienna, and he happened to wander into a church <laughs> during prayers or something, and he heard this strange song, and after a while his uh, uh, neighbour that was with him said, that sounds very like the pucker. <laughs> And the other fellow said, it does. And then they listened to another bit and the first fellow said, it is the poker. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the poker. <laughs> so that showed the power of uh, the poker. Sean O'Shea <laughs> on poker Billy. When he was at Buller going half mad in Vienna, <laughs> you, could leave, you could let him go anywhere. You mentioned Vienna and travel. I mean, you've travelled the world through GA, haven't you? Well, not in the last 12 weeks, or it was is it eight weeks. <laughs> I didn't get outside the gate, but I travelled a lot of places in the world, and uh, the GA helped me to get to many of these places with matches going on, and then Asian Games, you know, the people that emigrated and set up their own clubs all over. There are maybe nearly 500 Gaelic clubs now outside of Ireland. They're in every continent, and they're meeting places for the players to come together to enjoy it and one thing I like they're very willing to take in people from other countries who are willing to play at the Gaelic with them and you have that in all over the United States and all over the Americas really you have it in Asia you have it in Australia I was out there this year for the first was supposed to be the first ever Patrick's Day parade in Wellington. And Peter Ryan, he's the ambassador there now, he invited me out for the first St. Patrick's Day Parade ever in Wellington. But then in between that great disaster happened, it had to be postponed until next year. And Peter Ryan, wherever he is, he's now an ambassador. Wherever he is, he works and works and works and does everything he can to promote, you know, the Irish culture and uh, all the other duties that people have brought and envoys and so on. So uh, I didn't get to the parade. So Lacuna Day might be there if it's on next year and so on. So I've been in many places and I've been at Asian Games that went in for the final uh, into extra time and a second period of extra time. So bad one year they had to bring all the motor cars available to shite. They were, they were the, the floodlights for the, the, the last of that match. I think it was in, in Hong Kong, really. <laughs> and so, they all shone their headlights on the pitch, did they? Exactly. Yeah. And the game finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, through that, I, we're coming to your next piece, Darach O'Cahoyne and... There was the the older element of those who did diaspora and how important your commentaries were to them and how they listened to you so many times on the radio. And you often visited the Irish communities in England, I know. The Irish communities there, I, I've been at a good few clubs there and a few occasions there. But the Starico Cahoyne, he was from Galway, I think around Maumeen. And in 1935, a government scheme that... Uh, uh, people with very small holdings of poor land, they were transferred to Rock Harton and County Mead in 1935. The, the family of Darako Cahoyne, they all went there. He was pretty young at the time. As he grew up, he went working for farmers for a good number of years. He had a terrific voice. He was composed songs and sing them. He eventually went to Leeds in England and worked in the buildings all his life there and wrote or composed many a fine song, 
or if they were composed by others, he was willing to sing them. He had a great voice as well. You'll never forget if you hear the song Oro Sheda Vahawale in the voice of Darako Kahoin, you'll really say that was worth listening to. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's Darako Kahoin there, the choice of today's guest, Michal Amurahertig, a man who has attended 150 All Ireland finals. I bet you never thought you'd be doing commentaries on All Ireland finals when you were a little fella in West Kerry, Michal. Not really, but it happened quite suddenly. I arrived in Dublin in, in September of 1948. The hurling final was over, but I went to the football final of 48. It was only six pence to get in. <laughs> and we were standing between Hill 16 and uh, just the stepped part of the, the Cusick stand, which was up in stilts. And that's where I saw my first All-Ireland final. And there was a clear view of Michal O'Hare's box. And we were talking about that because everyone spoke about Michal O'Hare. And on that first time in Crow Park, they'd comment on the green box with the big window and the far side of the field from us, the Hogan side. So I was looking at his box in 1948, September 48. I was in the box in St. Patrick's Day, 1949 broadcasting the Railway Cup final between Leinster and Munster ended in a draw. The Munster team and most of them remained for a hectic weekend. The <laughs> Leinster team went and did a bit of training on the way for the replay on the Sunday. Uh, I know that one Kerry player had to be steadied. That was the word they had been And then to get more fresh air, they walked across Park from Barry's Hotel and to this day, that was the greatest win that a monster team ever had in the Railway Cup, which makes me wonder at times, do we have too much training? <laughs> That's a great memory. Well, Michal, 72 years ago, your first time in Croke Park, it's extraordinary. May you be there for many more years. Gurumila Mahagat of Hill. Gurumila Mahagat, Lacoon of Day by Meow. Verbua. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1.